Hello and welcome to the Pandemic Podcast, a podcast from Deccan Herald in which we focus on COVID-19 and the news around it. I am your host Sandeep Menon. Today is the 27th day of the lockdown in the country. In today's episode, we bring you DH Business Bulletin and DH Fact Check. Let's also listen to the transgender activist Akkai Padmashali talk about what transgender community is going through during the lockdown. At the time of recording this at 7 a.m. on April 20 Monday, according to the data maintained by Deccan Herald, the total number of cases in India is 17,092, with an all-time high of 1,579 new cases detected yesterday. At least 560 people have died due to COVID-19 in India. Meanwhile, the Indian Council of Medical Research, in their 9 p.m. update last night, said that a total of 17,615 individuals have been tested positive so far in India. More than 4 lakh samples from 3.8 lakh individuals have been tested so far. Maharashtra continued to top the chart with 550 new cases yesterday with a total of 4200 cases. The next big spike in new cases was in Gujarat with 367 cases. Delhi stands second among Indian states with more than 2000 cases. Meanwhile, the Union Ministry has barred e-commerce companies from delivering non-essential goods, dashing the hopes of restrictions getting eased after April 20. In Karnataka and Delhi, a new trend has shaken the health authorities. The data compiled by Karnataka government showed that out of the 390 cases, 256 were asymptomatic. Similarly, in Delhi, all 186 novel coronavirus positive cases reported on April 18th were asymptomatic. This was declared by a worried Delhi CM Kejriwal in a media briefing. Experts say the reason for the large rise in asymptomatic cases because many of them have been identified early on before they developed the symptoms. Their argument is that an infected person shows symptoms in the second week and if somebody is tested in the first or early in the second week they should not show any symptoms. This bit of news raises important questions on the effectiveness of the lockdown that has hit many lives hard. The economy continues to go south due to the lockdown. Here is Nikhil Varma from DS Business explaining what is new. Hi, this is Nikhil with updates from business and economy. As the country braces for the economic impact of the COVID-19 pandemic, it seems that the Reserve Bank of India has so far done the bulk of the heavy lifting. Meanwhile, the central government appears to have kept its powder dry. for the post covid reconstruction of the economy it has announced the first tranche of its social support measures of rupees 1.70 lakh crore to alleviate the hardships of the poor and the vulnerable but that's been criticized as being too little too late pressure has been mounting from all stakeholders within the country and outside the big question is will the government act on these demands and when the demand for an immediate fiscal stimulus ranges from rupees 6 lakh crore to rupees 15 lakh crore The government however is focusing more on raising resources through optimizing revenues including expenditure cuts across ministries taking the hit on salaries of ministries and officials Finance Minister Nirmala Sitaraman is set to announce certain measures during this week she would need to walk a fine balance to ensure that these measures do not leave a major impact on the government's fiscal deficit and debt Ministry has been preparing relief for those sectors important from the employment perspective Real estate and construction would be the first beneficiaries because they account for the maximum number of jobs with an estimated 15 million by 2022 and contribute over 7% to the country's GDP. Most of India's small and medium sector enterprises work in these sectors. The stimulus may also incorporate some welfare measures for the marginalized as well. 
However, concerns remain that the overcautious approach may produce certain undesired results and leave thousands of poor and undocumented laborers suffering in silence. There is enough evidence to suggest that the poor have run out of cash in the past one month of the lockdown. The financial assistance of a little over 28,000 crore available under the Pradhan Mantri Garib Kalyan Yojana and State Disaster Relief caters to only 30 crore documented poor. By any count, India's poor and vulnerable are much more than the earlier stated number. These benefits may not reach them and a lot of them would have to fend for themselves. Moreover, food is also emerging as a major cause of concern. Niti Aayog letter to Chief Secretaries of States and District Collectors has directed them to ensure that no poor suffers for the want of food and shelter. No one in the country remains hungry. Along with the RBI, the government will have to come up with new policies to mitigate this suffering. While the extended lockdown seems to have resulted in a surge in unemployment, the average monthly unemployment rate has almost tripled in the past 25 days of the lockdown, reaching the 20% mark. Expectedly, the unemployment rate has accelerated as the lockdown has extended beyond mid-April to early May. An analysis of the data shows that while the unemployment rate doubled in the first 21 days of the lockdown, it almost tripled in the next four days as the lockdown extension was announced. The urban unemployment rate stands higher at 21.75% compared to rural unemployment at 19.71%. According to the latest available figures, the total workforce in India is estimated to be at 47.41 crore, of which 33.69 crore are rural workers and 13.72 crore are urban workers. An estimated 90% of the workforce is in the unorganized sector. Most of these workers are not even looking for jobs as their priority is to go back to their villages at a time when 70% of all economic activity has come to a halt. The unemployment rate is derived only from the fraction of people who are lo actively looking for jobs but cannot get one. On the other hand, the indices did a good job last week. Nifty 50 and Sensex were up 1.7% and 1.4% respectively. The broader market also outperformed with Nifty mid-cap 100 and small cap 100 also up. All sectors ended in green except for IT which was down 0.6%. Corporate earnings are expected to dominate market movement this week as well. After rather tepid results announced by IT giants TCS and Wipro last week, all eyes are on Infosys that will be coming out with annual NQ4 results later today. It will be interesting to see if the company provides the guidance for the upcoming quarters and on the management commentary on the impact of the COVID pandemic on its top line, the hiring policy and other measures as well. Most IT bellwethers such as Accenture, Cognizant and TCS have refrained from or withdrawn their guidance for this year owing to the uncertainty caused by the COVID pandemic. That's all from business. We'll be back with more updates soon. A few days ago, migrant laborers and their families were made to sit on the ground and were collectively sprayed by disinfectant in UP's Bareilly district. An improvised version of this measure, sanitization tunnels were installed a few days ago on a trial basis in many parts of the country, including Kerala. The idea was to spray disinfectant, sodium hypochlorate in the majority of the cases, on those walking into the tunnel. The health ministry has now advised against spraying chemical disinfectants on individuals or groups, saying it could cause physical and mental harm. The advisory said such methods could lead to a false sense of safety, while actually hampering the efforts to promote hand washing and social distancing. When important decisions such as imposing a nationwide lockdowns are taken, Many voices belonging to the weaker sections just get ignored. The transgender community is one of the sections that always suffer. My colleague Ahmed Sharif spoke to Bangalore-based transgender activist Akai Padmashali to find out the impact of the lockdown on the community. 
Joining us is transgender rights activist, motivational speaker and Rajasthava Prashasti winner Akkai Padmashali. Hello Akkai, welcome to the show. Thank you, thank you. Uh, Akkai's first question would be, do you think the government has neglected the transgender community in determining the plan for the lockdown? I think uh, I need to go back to the entire country situation when it comes to the demonetization is concerned. When the demonetization happened in the country, I think some of the country was totally unprepared to handle this crisis. Very exactly after that is the coronavirus, you know. I think it is the top priority when it comes to the alert for human beings' lives. You know, I think somewhere without any sort of information, the country when it got locked down, when it was announced by the authorities, Bano, the rulers of the country, I think, I think somewhere the entire community they were really in a situation called fear, threat, and traumatized. Mm-hmm. I think that was a huge, huge, huge amount of, you know, a sort of low confidence, you know. Mm-hmm. So what happens tomorrow? So that became a very huge question to all of us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, I think some we were really struggling and we are struggling. Okay. So uh, can you just ex- uh, elaborate on the problems faced by the community? Okay. Yeah. See, mainly many of us are dependent on sex work and begging. And mm-hmm. as you all know, the sex work and begging is not something that it can be done work from home. Mm-hmm. You know, it is a profession where I think the entire section are in public uh, streets, in public spaces. Mm-hmm. I think somewhere this um, whole lockdown has really um, you know, uh, made a huge impact on people's life, especially the poor, the marginalized, the vulnerable communities, mm-hmm. including sex workers, street vendors, you know, or karmikas, and the transgender people who are in space. Mm-hmm. I think, I think, I think it's a huge and direct impact against our life. I think many people, we are, I know, I think we need to go back to the market to see this. It was just drinking Ganji, you know, mm-hmm. and people did not have a proper meal to eat. They were so scared, especially the elderly people in the transgender community who are so sick because of diabetes, because of HIV positive health status, mm-hmm. and there is no proper nutrition food to eat. I think entire thing was shut. And assume many transgender people, we, we, we do not have own houses to stay, but we are totally reliable on the, you know, like house rent. Mm-hmm. Many people did not have money to pay house rent. Mm-hmm. And they did try many family members are also dependent on the transgender community. And how do you ensure that these families are not being, you know, struggle with this sort of, you know, uh, lockdown. I think it was a huge setback, it was a huge struggle that as a community you are struggling a lot because any sort of social or the moral or the state support. Mm-hmm. You just imagine in our situation coming just a second or two, you just think in the context of the transgender person, especially the marginalized, you know. I think I think it's a huge I think it's a huge responsibility that the government has to take, you know, and ensure that the government will Without no delaying process, it will come and give to people's houses what exactly we are seeking for. Mm-hmm. And we do not want the wisdom, we do not want the kingdom. We want a dignified life at this appropriate situation, you know. I understand, I think the entire human community needs to fight against this pandemic. I think there is no other way because I know the government is struggling, the society is struggling, the global economy is going down, you know. I think how do you survive this economical justice is a big question to all of us. 
are the common citizens, not the transgenderized activists or the political wounded organization. I think, uh, I think we are part of this more. I think whatever the government takes measures to fight against this sort of pandemic, we want to support and join our hands in that way, but ensuring what happens to the future generation when it comes to the global economy is going down. I think because we're addressing global economy, we also can't address this, you know, medical emergency or the health emergency in this world. Mm-hmm. I think I think it is a huge responsibility about the state. I think it is a huge responsibility of the world organization. It's a huge responsibility of the common human beings, how do we understand and how do we get educated ourselves. I also need to say that many transgender people are unaware about this pandemic, corona, virus or crisis because many of us don't use iPhones, don't use you know, smartphones, don't use the television. You know, I think we are the one community has been shown to be ignored for you know, there is so much of lack of access to information in this concern. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So coming back to the the health sector, okay. So you know that lot many there's a stigma attached that not many doctors treat uh, transgender people, and you said that uh, elderly uh, among the community are suffering a lot. So in this situation, uh, can you get, throw more light on what is happening on the ground? See, first of all, there is so much of resistance, there is so much of social phobia, there is so much of social stigma when it comes to health is matter. Be it a person for a common, you know, common general ailment is concerned, doctor many times they refuse to touch us, they refuse to feel us. As if a person who receives positive, who is AIDS affected, who is diabetic, who also undergoes sex change surgery, who also undergoes implants, whatever you know, medicalization process. I think the amount of untouchability happens in the medical sector, you know. I think there is, if you are going to private sector, I think there is so much of another doctor, but demand more money. And where do you bring that, hmm. you know? And the context of elderly is concerned, I think it's a huge challenge. We cannot see many more elderly in the community. You can just count numbers here. Yeah. I think it's because of, it's because of social transphobia, you know. I think, I think, I think this is a very sensitive issue. And as this a person, you know, I think as of now, to my knowledge, I have not got any information that the transgender people or the sexual minority community have been affected because of Corona. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. if so, I think, you know, I think you'd be in a very small situation, assuming that the doctor's denial of this existing or the current process of medicalization and what happens to the next level is a big concern, is a big challenge. Mm-hmm. So what is the way ahead uh, for the community after the lockdown uh, is lifted up? And what are you doing in uh, during this lockdown? I think as an organization, we were trying to negotiate, we were trying to contact, we were putting our whole effort to contact from the top chief minister's office to the grassroots, you know, government sector. Mm-hmm. It is so unfortunate no one responded eloquently or no one responded very positively. No one did even contact and bother what exactly is happening to the community until only they decided to move to the Honorable High Court of Karnataka. Mm-hmm. Then the Honorable High Court of Karnataka heard the petition filed by Wondering talking about the social justice, access to fundamental needs and rights. I think I am so thankful to the Honorable High Court of Karnataka for recognizing the existence and need of transgender community in this social juncture. I think some the High Court's judgment has given so much of relief, saying that there should be a sort of free distribution of passion across the state of Karnataka. 
and two months pension should be merged to one month and that has to be provided. I think that the government is focusing on and there is also lack of uh, implementation on the ration part of it and the of my organization is coordinating and communicating with all the sector and that's a challenging. I think after the lockdown is confirmed, there is so much of economical unsustainability. As I mentioned, I think the, you know, like it, it is called economical unsustainability. I think the government has to focus on that because, you know, uh, you know, if you're going to take the lockdown back on May 3rd, what happens on May 4th? How many people are really okay to come in street? Mm-hmm. You know, even the assumption, you know, assumption is that people who are in street are the direct you know, infectors of corona. Mm-hmm. You know, assuming the person in street is a sex worker, beggar, vendor, sex worker, whoever it is, I think the notion always falls that you are in street because of your corona spreading. Mm-hmm. I think, I think, I think these are the, I think this is, not, this is an added phobia. That will, you know, that will be coming to, uh, you know, coming before the community that we need to address this. Yes. It's a challenge. Yes, yes. Thank you for speaking to Deccan Herald. Okay. That was Ahmed in conversation with Akai Padmashali. In the last segment, my colleague Akash Sriram looks at what's brewing in the world of fake news. I'm Akash Sriram and this is DH Fact Check. In today's Fact Check, a Hindi media outlet had shared on Facebook a video of Muslims praying at Delhi's Jama Masjid. In Hindi, the caption conveyed a message that asked what the atmosphere was in Delhi's Jama Masjid while the entire world had changed the way it had prayed. The video showed worshippers at Jama Masjid offering namaz as usual. Alt News debunked this and said that this video was over a month old and that it was posted on social media channels on March 13th, well before the lockdown began. The news channel was quick to realize its mistake and took down the video, assuring its viewers that it was unintentional and a mistake. There has been a message on WhatsApp claiming that dog breeds that originated from China are potential carriers of the novel coronavirus. The dog breeds mentioned in the message include La Apso, Tibetan Terrier, among many others. However, this isn't true. In fact, my colleague Ahmed interviewed a veterinarian in an episode of Pandemic Podcast on April 14th. The vet said that there is no evidence to confirm that pets can carry and transmit the novel coronavirus to humans. A Canada news channel had hinted on April 15th at PM Modi dropping money from a helicopter and many social media users have claimed the same and that the PM would be doing it for poor people. However, this isn't true. Several government authorities, including the Press Information Bureau, have said that this isn't true. The Press Information Bureau has dealt a show-cause notice to the Canada TV channel and has accused the broadcast of being false, deliberate and mischievous. They have termed it as a serious violation of Cable Television Network's Regulation Act 1995. And that is our daily dose of Fact Check. That was Akash with the latest roundup on fake news. That's it for today's episode of the Pandemic Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, do rate us and review us on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and many of your other favorite platforms. Do share this podcast with your friends, families, and on social media. For latest updates on COVID-19 and other news, log on to www.deckinherald.com. Follow our social media handles on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. 
check out our e-paper at www.deckenheraldepaper.com to be updated on the go follow our telegram channel t.me/deckenheraldnews for instant updates and don't forget to subscribe to this podcast take care stay safe stay indoors